It's the same thing really with with birth work is mm -hmm. that until you're introduced to different ways of thinking about it, you're going to go with what is familiar, what your family tells you. And if they don't know anything different, then you just you keep that cycle going until mm -hmm. there's some sort of introduction of new knowledge. Hello, hello, and welcome to all of you beautiful souls tuning in today to the Heart of the Soul podcast. I'm your host, Amana, and I am so happy that you're here. On the Heart of the Soul, we remember what it means to be wild women walking upon this earth. We share our stories and honor how they inevitably shift and change over time and depending on who we're speaking with. This is a space for story medicine, an opportunity to practice using our voices and the ancient ritual of storytelling. These stories are an opportunity to experience a deeper understanding of one another and together learn to support each other on our unique paths in this life so that we can all feel more connected and less alone. I hope that you receive wisdom as well as deep heart and soul connections as you soak in these stories. Today is July 23rd, 2022, and I'm currently in Washington State and speaking with Amanda and Rachel of Spokane Birth Resources. Thank you both so much for being here today. And to start, I would just love for each of you to take some time to introduce yourselves in whatever way that feels good to you. Yeah, thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you so much for inviting us on. Hmm. Um, I am Rachel. Um, and I am a, was born and raised in Detroit, Michigan. And so I'm not a native Spanite. Um, I love Spokane and love living here and love, um, exploring everything that Spokane has to offer. And I'm a mom of two girls who are growing up way too fast. And I'm married, um, to my husband we just celebrated our 10 year anniversary last month and um yeah that's kind of my intro i'm a nurse as a side side hustle um i do more like camp nursing and volunteering and um and offer uh nursing advice to my family and friends who come in <laughs> and text me or knock on my door and be like, can you help me with this? <laughs> so that's, that's me. <laughs> um, I'm Amanda and uh, I uh, was also not raised in Spokane. Uh, I was part of an Air Force family. So I was raised um, in the majority in Alaska and we moved down to Spokane when I was 13. Um, and that's where I met my husband. He was growing up down the street from me. Um, so we met when we were really young. And, uh, we've been married for 10 years. Uh, Rachel and I actually got married two weeks apart. Mm -hmm. Um, and did you know each other then? Yeah. Our husbands yeah. were roommates in college. So that's yeah. how we oh, met. Wow. And then they were living, they were best friends. And so, um, they lived together after they graduated and, um, because we, got engaged around the same time as well. Um, I think we were a couple of months after you, right? You were you got like engaged. five months. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so we were at the, in the apartment a, a lot together. And so we just, uh, one of my clinical rotations was 
three blocks away from where Amanda was working during my senior year in college. And so we started getting together for lunch mm-hmm. and started talking about wedding planning. And then we were, um, I was in Amanda's wedding and Amanda was with me throughout my entire wedding process as well, because of getting married two weeks apart. Mm-hmm. And then, and Jared was in your wedding. My husband right. was in your wedding. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we've been friends for a long time and we're actually closer to each other now than our husbands are to each other. (laughs) So it was a very fortuitous, uh, circumstance. Um, but I also have two kids. I have an older daughter and a younger son. Um, and they are six and will be four, uh, upcoming here. And, uh, I'm a trained journalist. I went to college, uh, for print journalism which apparently is phasing out now. They just call it journalism because if you do print, then you do online, which means you do social media. It's all a page. So it's just on the very end of that old school where they were still calling it print yes, yes. <laughs> as a own separate thing. Um, and so I've worked for different newspapers and publications over the years. And um, I chose, I knew I always wanted to be a wife and a mom um, as I was growing up. And so I chose my degree, uh, or what I wanted to pursue, knowing that I could do it no matter where I was at in the seasons of life, because it's something I can do from home. Mm-hmm. Um, is, and I do a lot of editing now. And so I am one of my other side hustles is editing for an online news organization, um, in the evenings. And so it actually has been a really valuable asset, um, And then, so I'm really glad I've been able to use my degree, um, like Rachel has with nursing, like it just applies to real life. Absolutely. In in all the stages and, uh, and it's from our biz too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's great to have, um, the flexibility to be working at home with your kids. And I know that's really important and it's so fun to hear that you, I didn't realize you two led such like parallel lives, like up till now. It's really crazy because, um, when I was pregnant and about to give birth, uh, I mean, our daughters are 10 months apart. I mean, that was going to be one of my next questions. Were you pregnant at the same time? (laughs) (laughs) Um, kind of, but not really. We, we could have been, I had a, my first pregnancy ended up being a miscarriage. And so, mm-hmm. uh, our, that baby and her first baby would have been closer together. Um, mm-hmm. but it, it just didn't work out that way. But, um, I, I was introduced to midwifery through Rachel cause she decided to go through midwives when she was pregnant. And so I accompanied her to her Spokane midwives orientation because <laughs> yeah. her husband wasn't able to go. And so in that way, um, it's, it, it, it has, it has been parallel yeah. all the 10 years that we've known each other. She's been my doula for both of my births. And I was her doula for both of her births and yeah. um, unofficial. Uh, yeah. Unofficial. Yeah. Cause we're both not trained for doula work, but, but um, you were, we were the, the supportive women energy in the room. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. There's nothing like it. Yeah. There is nothing <laughs> like attending a birth. No. It is, amazing like even just trying to describe it to someone it's like you you had to be there yeah you you can't even describe it absolutely so yeah so that's how uh we got involved with um out of hospital care and that's a question you get a lot 
all the being time. a nurse who has worked in the hospital. Yeah. I mean, me too. I I'm trained as a registered nurse. I'm no longer practicing, but I worked as a nurse for like eight years or something like that. And where, where, where did you work? Well, I first worked in Wenatchee when I graduated central Washington mm-hmm. hospital, which now I think is confluence health. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I worked at sacred heart. Did first. you have a specific department that you worked in? Um, when I was at Central Washington Hospital, I did first I was in medical oncology and then I did what they call progressive care, which is like their cardiac unit. And then I was a resource nurse. So then I, you know, every four hours I could be switched between, you know, the medical oncology, progressive care. And then I also did emergency department and postpartum care. Okay. Like mother baby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and then, is that the same from Sacred Heart too? Is and then, of- well, at Sacred Heart, I got a job in the emergency department. Okay. Uh-huh. Cause I just, I wanted to feel like the big city emergency, like what that was like and have some of those different skills. Um, and alongside of, of that, I also was attending births with um, midwives outside okay. of the hospital at birth center and home births as a birth assistant. Oh, nice. Okay. Wow during those years in Wenatchee and here in Spokane. Um, And then after I had my first daughter who died after she was born, I felt like I couldn't go back to the emergency department and I got a job in palliative care, which Mm -hmm. I know for some people that might seem weird, but that is what felt good to me at the time. And um, yeah, yeah, so then I did that for the last like five years. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Um, I did pediatric home health uh, for my first, um, a little while as being a nurse and work night shift with the little kids on G tubes and vents and stuff like that. And part of, part of some of my clients were as, was more palliative care. Like it just mm-hmm. wasn't the, um, they weren't ever going to be off the vent or off their G tubes or anything like that. And it was just a matter of, of time before they were going to pass and stuff like that. And, um, so I kind of, I understand the palliative care nature of it. And then I ended up working at, um, St. Luke's, which is, um, more of a step down, um, rehab hospital. And then the, and that, but that encompasses so many different things with traumatic brain injuries and cardiovascular events. And so I always enjoy, knowing or asking like nurses the different units that they've been in because it just always is such a journey in how you get to a specific unit because there's always something that like happens that you're like okay and now I'm gonna I need a switch or something happens in your life and you're like uh-huh. actually like way more interested in doing this mm-hmm. yeah. and so the fact that you were doing birth work with palliative care it's like the opposite ends of spectrums so, but it's, yes. I mean, but at the same time, it's all kind of the same. So yes, yes. There are so many similarities to like birthing and dying at the same, you know, that first breath and that last breath are such yes, like exactly. potent moments in a person's life. And yeah, um, well, they're yeah. both very entrenched in dignity. Mm-hmm. There's dignity, there can be dignity in birth and there can be dignity in dying. And that's, Absolutely. that's a huge space to enter into and it mm-hmm. it takes the right person yes to be there for both those things and I feel like we need also like witnessing and holding in both of those times as well yeah mm-hmm. absolutely yeah so and I you, huh 
Oh, I was gonna say, are you are you going into being a midwife as well because of uh, being a birth assistant or? No, I do attend births, but I'm not a midwife. Yeah, not as a midwife. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did think about doing it, but that's just not. I just don't want to do that different schooling and be in the medical system in that way at this time in my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also, before I got my nursing degree, I got a degree in sociology and, mm-hmm. you know, like have been to school a lot and, um, I, like love, learn. I love learning. And I've also realized yeah. that I don't have like learning happens everywhere. It's not just in structured schools mm-hmm. or with certifications, you know? So, yeah, that's how I feel about plants. It's like, it's really interesting to learn about plants and their different uses. And it's like exciting to me when I'm out, like walking around with my daughters and I'm like, oh, I know this plant. (laughs) I know that it's like, okay for you to touch Mm -hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. My son is like super into like putting plants in his mouth Mm. and he really likes to like try plants that way, which is like great. But I'm also like, okay, you have to like know what it is before you eat it. Yes. But he's super brave yeah. with it. Wow. Boy, yeah. Sometimes that would, freaks me out a little bit. I was going to say that would scare me a little bit because <sighs> I can imagine my youngest daughter doing that right now because she watches me like weed and like looking at plants and, and holding them and smelling them. And so she does a lot of the same thing, which means that a couple of like my flower heads have gotten ripped <laughs> off because she's been weeding for me. And, um, but I'm, I, that is one thing that makes me nervous is I'm, I feel like she's about to be like, <laughs> just let me try that Daisy. See how it tastes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, but yeah, I love what you were speaking to about like what you, like what you learned in journalism and how that is carrying forward into like your work now and your life. And I feel the same, like the things that we learn whether it's in school or out of school, like those things stay with us and become a part of the way that we interact with the world. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Uh, And these two nursing and journalism specifically, those I'm speaking to what I know, but those particular fields are always growing and evolving and changing. And we're always learning new things about how to communicate and how to treat illnesses and address disease and, um, especially with people who have backgrounds in plants. Like I didn't know yarrow wasn't a weed until I met Rachel <laughs> or that it could do certain things. And, um, so just being open to, to growth and teachability, mm-hmm. um, is something that I think we both value. It yeah, doesn't absolutely. mean that it's easy to be no. teachable, but it's something that's very important to do if you want to grow. Yeah. I feel like I've been sort of culminating like my, my curiosity, like trying to find more of that again in the question asking and um, nurturing that in my children too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And children really help. I I feel like, because my children are always like, what's this? What's that? Why is it (laughs) that way? Why? Why? (laughs) And so to really answer them, in a, in a, in a good way of like, this is, this is an answer that's educational, but at the same time, like, what do you think? And mm-hmm. how, how does it make you feel about that plant? Or do you like the smell of it? Or does it make you feel 
kind of nauseous, you know, <laughs> it just depends because of like sage. Some people really like the smell of sage. Some people really like the taste of parsley, you know, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah. For some very... people, cilantro tastes like soap. Like, yes. Yeah. Yes. My husband can't stand cilantro. That's so. Like, why would you put dirt on your taco? <laughs> but it makes sense. I mean, if it tastes like soap to him, then it's just a really nasty. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like kids are so good at helping cultivate curiosity, both in yourself and in the world around you, because you get to be the one who teaches them that like, Hey, if you drop that rock on your foot, it might kind of hurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also experience yes. that. And I love that you're speaking to like coming back to asking yourself some of those questions. Cause it's the same also, like you're saying with the with the medical system and with journalism, like things are changing over time and we're learning things from like mistakes that we make. Like, you know, when my grandmother was, um, having babies, they were telling mothers that like formula was better than breast milk and, you know, and the cord clamping and like things like that are shifting and changing as we learn more or like remember like what Mm -hmm. our ancestors did and, um, you know, asking ourselves like, oh, does it make sense that something in a bottle would be better than from my, my own body for this baby? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I really consider it success when people come up to me and ask like, Hey, I like, it's been recommended that I take this drug. Do you know of anything more natural or like anything like that, that could help? And, and not that I have that kind of knowledge, but I'm always willing to look it up or to suggest something or to be like, oh, hey, you, you know, you could try this person to ask because I bet you they'd have a really good recommendation. And it's the same mm-hmm. thing really with with birth work is mm-hmm. that until you're introduced to different ways of thinking about it, you're going to go with what is familiar, what your family tells you. And if they don't know anything different, then you just, you keep that cycle going until Mm -hmm. there's some sort of introduction of new knowledge. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, especially with, oh, with birth and like what's seen in like movies and culture, like that's where a lot of people are gathering information because we don't often birth in the same ways in community the way that our some of our ancestors have yeah yeah and that was a probably the biggest reason why Rachel wanted to start Spokane Birth Resources um and she came to me and asked me to help co-found it is because you had so many people coming in asking for recommendations like well I'm not comfortable with this one is that okay two, what do I do? And three, who should I go see? And it just got to the point where we, where she realized we have so many resources just in Spokane for you to do whatever you want when it comes Mm -hmm. to, um, taking control of your healthcare. You're not, if you want to go to the hospital and do things quote unquote, traditionally fantastic, but know your options and make an informed decision rather than just blindly walking into it. Because I think that's where a lot of the fight or flight comes in is when you feel like you've lost control mm-hmm. of, of what's happening to you, whether it's in birth or just pregnancy, or I'm sick all the time. Why is that? What do I do? They keep, just keep giving me drugs. I don't necessarily want drugs, you know? And so that, that was the whole purpose behind having an online directory for pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and pediatrics was so people could do their own homework. We're just providing the portal 
for them to do that because there are providers on our directory that don't necessarily agree with each other, but one might match up with one family really well. And another family might match up with someone else really well. And that's fantastic. That's how it should be. You need to, you're interviewing your provider. You shouldn't be (laughs) interviewed by your provider. Oh, we'll take you. We'll take you as a pregnant person. (laughs) Along with that curious aspect is that when you have a chance to be introduced to a different method of giving birth or doing healthcare, then you get to, you can explore it on your own Mm -hmm. in a very safe environment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, we don't know. We don't know. Exactly. And so I, I, that was one of going to be one of my questions is I'm glad you sort of brought up the like birthing of Spokane birth resources. Like I would love to hear a little more about how that came together for you guys and how you chose to put it out into the world. Yeah. Um, I was doing all of the COVID tracking for my hospital in 2020 and not like, and I worked with another person in the office and, um, but I just got so burnt out on that. I mean, it it was like COVID-19 was the final straw really, because I had already been kind of getting into the burnt out stage and was already having a lot of, um, physical reactions to stress of going Mm -hmm. in, going into work. And it was very Mm -hmm. specific to working in the hospital and the, and the symptoms that I was having, um, and And leaving your girls. Right. And, and I had a six month old at home though. She was my youngest at the time and, and to constantly go into work. And thankfully I, um, there was a lot of, that was this only saving grace is doing the COVID-19 tracking. There was a lot of flexibility for my hours that I could go in. And so I would go in for two or three hour chunks while she was very young and, um, and then be able to go home and be able to breastfeed her and stuff like that. And, and not have to, um, like have that extra mental load of, pumping and like worrying about that. So that was really very nice, but it still was way too much for me to be going in. Um, and I was homeschooling my other daughter and, uh, there just was a lot going on. And so I got really burnt out. And in January of 2021, mm-hmm. I came to Amanda cause we had, I just had gone through another like interaction with somebody who is saying, we, I really like how you, you parent and like the, the different ways that you did things. How did you find those resources? How did you ever come across that knowledge? How did you, how did you do that stuff? And I had like written up a Google document for them. And it was like three pages long of like, here's book recommendations. Here's, you know, find a doula, look at midwives and trying to find information in that, in that area for them was really difficult on Google. And so I had contemplated a couple of different things with my husband, one of them being, um, if I could become a birth instructor, not, not a doula, but, but to teach, um, birthing as nature intended. And, um, I couldn't find anything online at at all. Which was so weird considering how everything was online at that point because of the pandemic. And I, um, turned to Amanda and I was like, I feel like this is a huge gap here in Spokane is that there isn't, 
there used to be something called Bloom Spokane and it was a nonprofit here. Um, but, and they disbanded in 2016, I think for a lot of personal um, reasons. And I, but they did things like conferences and conventions and lectures. And I, Amanda and I are both very introverted. We like each other and we like <laughs> talking to each other and like a few of our other friends, but to go one-on-one, on one, like yeah. smaller groups, hosting lectures, yeah. hosting was not something that we were very thrilled about. Yeah, <laughs> not something it. you wanted to take on or sounds like yeah, necessarily yeah. had the capacity we, for. We both used the Bloom directory, the paper, the book yeah, and yeah. it was a huge resource for us, and so we kept telling people, "Well, we use this book, so here's this." But it was old, and it was out of right, you know, obviously out of, date. out of date. Um, and so Rachel's thought, well, was, well, why don't we just put it online? Yeah, because mm-hmm. then it's constantly changing, and we can update it, update and, it. Mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it's always current information. Um, and it. It's very interesting to see how much of a difference a year makes because she asked me to come on to help with the technology side of it. And she's now doing the majority of the technology stuff. (laughs) And I all self-taught. Yes. uh, Both of us really, it's both self-taught, but yeah, um, I've been self-teaching myself about podcasting, building websites. It's like so much, yeah, so much to learn. Yes. Yes. And uh, thankfully YouTube is like, there's a lot of people who teach for free on YouTube because they're getting reimbursed from other companies, which I'm like, (laughs) all cool. I will take these free classes and try and teach myself as much as possible. And I'm glad that you teach well enough that you then can be supported by somebody else. Mm -hmm. That's not ever really what I'm looking for, but I, I approached Amanda and I just kind of was like, I, um, this is really hard for a lot of moms because they're coming to both of us and they're, and they ask for recommendations and we know who we have used, Mm -hmm. but we don't know everybody who's out there and we don't know them personally. Mm -hmm. And so, um, the podcast was born out of the fact that we, Amanda's a trained journalist and we, we like learning a lot about different businesses and the different thoughts that go behind businesses. And it's really, it provides a personal connection for families in Spokane to be able to listen to someone who they're thinking about using and be like, oh, I can learn about your business. I can learn about you personally. I can kind of like hear your thoughts on different things. And that helps inform that decision, whether or not they're going to use them. Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing kind of with the blog as well is that, um, that just gives a, an outlet for providers who like to write and want to speak really specifically about something that they're passionate about. That might be something that that might be all that a mom needs is an article about, you know, um, bedwetting, bedwetting. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what leads them to a pediatric pelvic floor therapist, or that's what like provides a different avenue of education for them. And they don't, they may not ever go on to the directory and use any of those people, but they at least got quality information written by an expert, um, in that field. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how Spokane birth resources has come about. And we have, stretched our wings by learning technology. We went to a convention last year. We did. Most we stressful, had a table. <laughs> stressful day of our lives. 
it was really what was the convention cool. for like it was, it was the, the North Idaho birth and baby fair yes okay. so very specific to us but yes at the same time we had to like sit at a table and like explain our business to a lot of other businesses and to moms to be like yeah we're like putting together these resources and here you go have fun pass it along mm-hmm. um and then yeah, yeah, it can feel really vulnerable to step out like that. I mean, it is. It, yeah. I mean, of course, Brene Brown is coming to my mind where she says, like, you have to step into the arena. Like, you have to put yourself out there. Other, like, well, you don't have to, but like, yeah, is that something you want to do, or do you want to play small? And that's okay too for different seasons, or maybe your whole life if that's what feels good. But um, it can be, yeah scary but also can feel good after the fact at least for myself mm-hmm. yeah yeah it I was, look back on that as with no regrets yeah absolutely yeah it was it was a great day it just was so outside of our comfort zone that it um it was really stretching and and but yet we're already talking about doing it again mm-hmm. of this year of going to that same one and being in Idaho and um we bigger conventions than that is still a little bit of a like ooh, do we want to do that or do we just want to go and like walk around and and talk to people and that's what we did with the Spokane Mama one is that we just went Mm -hmm. um, but we had a bunch of our um, partners there and so they had a lot of our information that they were able to pass out and stuff like that and so that's been really really fun to see how that develops and I think of big way that we reach out to people, probably the biggest way is Mm -hmm. through Instagram. Mm -hmm. Um, Social media is huge, especially for the demographic that we're Mm -hmm. reaching. Um, And it's, it's accessible to anyone. Yeah. Um, And it's just very visually, we want to create a very visually relaxing environment. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because when you're, when, you know, if you're sitting and you're breastfeeding your baby and you're sleep deprived and you're just like, Oh, what do I have to give to the world? Like we want to just give them a safe place to be like, okay, I am enough. I'm doing my best. And Mm -hmm. you know, here's if, if I feel like I'm lacking in a certain area, like community, like we, we partnered with Spokane mama and they have community meetups. And so we try to just, or there's other support groups too. Yeah. There's lots of something just to give them as many resources as possible so that they feel surrounded by love and just surrounded by support outside of social media because if you stay in social media all the time eventually that gets very draining but we we do get and we do get emails behind the scenes and dms behind the scenes of people being like hey i like i'm looking for an acupuncturist Mm -hmm. who is very specific for this. Do you know of anybody? Mm -hmm. Because they aren't somebody who's on our site yet, but they still have been on our site and realize that we are collecting resources and are willing to reach out. Mm -hmm. And so that's when we do a lot of like tapping on shoulders, being like, Hey, we remember that you did this during your pregnancy. Did you use somebody specific? Would you recommend them? You know, yeah. are they, are they somebody who you feel is safe to be able to give that information out mm-hmm. kind of thing. And so we do a lot of that as well behind the scenes, helping out moms and families and some providers as well, who've reached out and asked for connections. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of being a bridge builder mm-hmm. and that's how we look at it is just helping build bridges for people in the community to get to 
whatever yeah information people because we've we've been there and there still are seasons and days where we're still in that isolating space and just i'm the only one who's ever gone through x or i know i'm a quote-unquote bad mom because i feel this way at this time and our none of those things are true. Absolutely. (laughs) Everyone has bad days and it helps to know that there are people there who want to be there for you and support you. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm so grateful you're in our community building this like a web of connections that help bring people together and find the care and help that, you know, can support them. Well, we're happy that you're on it because yes. you're a great resource for, for yeah. this community. Yeah. Especially with being in bereavement and grief and being a doula and being able to, to offer so many different things of, of walking beside women. That's a big deal mm-hmm. that they get to, um, I don't know what I'm trying to say, have the, have the, the connection, have the support that they need as they're walking through their journey. So, yeah. Cause just like to what you were speaking about a moment ago, um, with just feeling alone in those moments, like no one has ever, like, I remember when my first baby died and I was like, well, how do other mothers get through this? You know? Yeah. Cause I yeah. see all this information about having like a living baby, but it's a whole other experience to have a, a baby. I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. How did you, how did you end up finding information or did you create it yourself? Well, I mean, I found some stuff online and I wound up finding one woman who is sharing like really openly about her experience. Um, her name is Amelia. Um, of course I can't remember her last name. She has like a yoga wear company in Canada and I was able to go to a retreat actually in Canada called Landon's legacy retreat that she began after her son died. And I'm still in contact with some of the women that I met there. There were two of them that lived in Seattle actually. And I grew up on the West side. So we've got to stay in contact. That's awesome. And, and that provided a lot of relationship then for you as well, because then yes. as, as different stages of grief have happened, you've been able to be like, uh-huh. is this normal? Mm-hmm. Is this what's supposed to be happening right now? Yes. Yes. And then I've had other people in the community know me as someone who's walked that path and then, you know, said, oh, I have this mom who just experienced this. And then they'll connect us because, um, you know, when you're going through it, other people, people who haven't gone through it can be supportive, but it just, there's a different feel to it when you're having a conversation with a woman who has experienced something so similar Mm -hmm. um, that, you know, has a baby in spirit. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Um, so on your website, you say one, it's the end of a quote where it says birth, not only makes new people, it makes you a new person. And I was just like, yes, absolutely. A hundred percent. Um, I would love if maybe each of you could talk a little bit about what that means to you with your like entering motherhood. And like, I know that for me, at least it's been true again, each time that I have held a life in my womb, there's like each experience, I'm a new person, you know, even in some of my like early births, you know, I I was still impacted by that baby and became someone new again. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, when I think even before, like when you're starting to prepare, even before you get pregnant, 
you have a lot of ideas of how you want things to go. And for us, before we got pregnant, we had um, planned weddings and, you know, done things that were completely in our control. And we had control over the outcome. Like Mm -hmm. I want this color and that's the color it's going to be. And and, or moving or jobs. Yeah. 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 You have, you have, uh, control over those things. And so I think for me, I assumed that that would be the same in, I want to have this kind of pregnancy. I want to have this kind of birth and my baby's going to be like this. And, and I, that's totally normal, but my expectations were just blown out of the water because there's with my first pregnancy being a miscarriage. Like that wasn't even a thought in my mind that that would be a thing. Cause that's not been in my family that I know of, um, at least from talking to my mom, um, or something that really you had experience with other. No, I had not experienced that with anybody as far as I knew. And so once I experienced that, that really threw me for a loop of, okay, that's not how I thought that was going to go. Um, now I'm do it. Now I have a choice. Do I never, do I pretend like this never happened or do I talk about it and share my experience and move forward? And in the beginning, you know, obviously grief looks different for everybody. Mm-hmm. And so I, I kept it to myself for a bit, but then I started talking about it slowly. And the more I talked about it, the more I realized more people had that same kind of scenario that they'd gone through. And I was like, this is how this part part of life should be like going, getting pregnant, going through pregnancy, birth and postpartum. Like we need to be talking about this because there's so many normal things that just cover a spectrum. There's not the one normal thing that happens in the, what to expect when you're expecting book. Like everyone gets really, well, at least for me, when I was a first time mom, I'm reading through the book. I'm like, this isn't happening or this is happening. And the book says nothing, nothing about it. Like you just have to give yourself up to the fact that there are certain things that are within your control, but the process is going to happen. You're going to have that baby one way or another and it, it, whatever will be, will be. And I remember you telling me that when I was in labor with David, I, my second labor and birth was pretty traumatic. And I remember I just, I was so sick and I was so tired and I looked at Rachel and I was like, I can't do this anymore. She's well, (laughs) you have to. (laughs) And now he's almost four. Like I was thinking that the other day. And so uh, all of these things change you and they open up doors in your heart that just haven't been opened by anything else before. Like I've never had to give of myself so much to a little person before. Like you can babysit all you want, but it is not the same thing as having your own child. And at least for me, I didn't realize how selfish I was until I had a kid, like how much I just coveted my time and was like, I just need, I just need a minute away from you. Like, it's just different. And it's a very beautiful thing to be able to see how hardship can grow you as a person. Cause there's a, there was a point before I had kids in my twenties where I'm like, I think I made it. I think I'm a pretty cool person. (laughs) I've reached the pinnacle of awesomeness. And maybe I had in that season, but having kids has just helped me grow and realize things about myself. 
that I would not have realized before. Yes. What do you feel like was most surprising um, becoming a new mother? A lot more things hurt than people told me they would. <laughs> like breastfeeding, I that threw me for a loop. That breastfeeding would be, at least for me, was very painful. Mm-hmm. And because everyone's like, it's natural, it's great, it's I love it. I, you know, some people breastfeed till their kids are three, four, five years old. And I was like, that looks like it, you know, it looks very natural for you. But then you start breastfeeding this baby and this baby's never done it before. You've never done it before. And um yeah. Yeah, it there's that's a really deep question. That would take a long answer. But I think for me it's one of the biggest things that really threw me for a loop was there was so much raw emotion that came with everything that I needed to learn. Mm-hmm. And, and you can only do so much reading. Like you can read up, you can read every book in the world and still be surprised at how your oh, labor, birth, postpartum, yeah. raising a kid, you've no idea what that kid's personality is like when they're no, born. Like it no. just totally throws you for a loop sometimes. So, yeah. I mean, I often have women asking me, you know, like, what is birth? Like, what's the, you know, what are the sensations and whatever, like, and I'm just you and like, what does it feel like to birth a baby? And I just feel like it's one of those sort of like indescribable things that you can't come a hundred percent. Like I can do my best to describe to you what it's like, but it's not going to be the same for you exactly the way it was for me. Like all of my births have felt somewhat different. And until you like go through the experience and then every woman, of course, afterwards is like, oh, now I understand why you couldn't really tell me what it was like, because you really, it's just, you don't know until you know, or until you do it yourself. Yeah. yeah. And there's an aspect of needing to just let go. Yes. Like you, you can't control it. So you just need to let go. And that's probably one of the biggest things I needed to learn because I'm very type a, like I want to control things. And so just doing, learning the breathing and learning to let go and just let my body do its thing. And, you know, women are built to have babies and it, you can see it just in the way our hips are made and just the way that our body responds to babies after they're born. Like, it's just, it's an amazing design. And the more you try to grasp it and hold it and be like, I'm going to control the situation, the harder it's going to be. But if you just let it happen and that you did that really well. Oh, thank you. With (laughs) with your birth, especially your second birth. to talk about that quote, um, when I first got pregnant, I had, I am very task oriented. I'm and probably type a, I, I mean, yeah, yeah. I you like lists. Yeah. I like lists. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to be off my birth control for like X amount of time to make sure it clears my system. And then we'll start working on getting pregnant. And like the, the actual like pregnancy part I wasn't expecting to be, um, sick and with my second pregnancy, I was sick only in the evenings, which was totally different than my first one. And so I was like, how do I, how does it switch so easily between two pregnancies of like this one? I was sick and I could never brush my teeth because it like made me throw up all the time. And so then you're like coping with basic hygiene of, and still do this stuff. And, um, and my pregnancy was good overall. 
and then I, and I had switched from an OB to a midwife just because I, I really, really disliked having to meet different providers every checkup. Mm -hmm. And that like threw me for a loop because I wanted the connection of whoever was going to be there with me to to birth my baby. Consistent care. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, um, but even I was early, my, my, my water broke while I was sleeping. Um, and so that like threw me for a loop. My parents who had just moved to Spokane were actually on the West side. And so we call, I called them at like six in the morning being like, hi, guess what? I'm in labor. Um, (laughs) you need to drive home now. And they like rushed home and made it like an hour before I actually gave birth. And so there just was a bunch of different things, but I really expected to kind of like follow in the same footsteps as like my mom or my family Mm -hmm. and, and the tradition of stuff. And I had already like kind of slightly deviated by finding a midwife and, um, and by like wanting to have Amanda be there. And like, I wanted Tobin with me Tobin's my husband. I wanted him with me. And with my second birth, my daughter was present. Um, uh, she like had the, the freedom to either exit the room and go and hang out with my dad, who is like providing games and snacks and stuff like that Mm -hmm. during my second labor and delivery. And she, or she wanted to be in the room. And so she chose to not be there when I was actually like pushing her sister out, but she was in right afterwards. And like, just allowing that kind of freedom is not something that, that my, um, my mom got a chance to do because she had hospital births. And so she remembers who took care of my brother when I was my older brother, when I was getting born, mm-hmm. um, and just stuff like that. And so I feel like a lot of the, the newness of becoming a mom came because I realized that the, like the actions that I was taking on in order to imitate how I was raised or how family was happening didn't quite fit my comfortability. Mm -hmm. And so it was like trying to wear the wrong underwear. You know what I mean? It's, it's just like your underwear backwards. Yeah. Or like, (laughs) or like having to wear somebody else's clothes. It just was uncomfortable. And so I think becoming a mom helped me become very, um, sure and like how I wanted to parent or like very sure and how I wanted stuff to be more natural in my life your confidence level went up yes yes and and parenting really helped show me my sharp edges of like Mm -hmm. how I being a nurse as you know um sometimes you have very dark dark humor and dark dark language (laughs) and it's, it's something that's a coping mechanism. And so as my daughter, my first daughter got older, um, because I actually, I have a five-year difference between my two girls. And, um, I realized how much I had to like provide lightness and provide opportunities to like have a joyful outlook to possibly something that I would have been very cynical cynical and dark with previously. Mm -hmm. And so I think that, and then with my second one, I meditated a lot more before the pregnancy and then was able to like really meditate and find that center of calmness when I was giving birth to my second one. Um, And so it was both, I cherished both of my births, but, and they were similar 
maybe like 25% similar, but the rest of the, the part was very different. And I think that that even my postpartum experience with my second one was incredibly different yeah. than my first one. I had insane cramps, like very, very hard, nauseating cramps. I could barely move. And after giving birth and, but then I would be done bleeding after like five days. And my midwife was like, that's not what's supposed to be happening. And I was like, but it is like, this is what's happening. And, um, and like the, the postpartum mood swings that was happening was totally different with my second one than my first one. And just knocked me. And her personality was the complete opposite. Opposite of her yeah. older sisters. And so I like was juggling being a new mom of two, being a new mom with so many more hormones, being a new mom with like a totally personality. I was like, what the heck is happening mm-hmm. right now? Mm-hmm. And so it all, so the, we really believe in that quote, just because the difference between even two, two pregnancies, two best friends, two babies for mine compared to hers, totally different. Mm-hmm. Her mm-hmm. son compared to her daughter, totally different. Mm-hmm. Same with me. And so birth helps you become this new person and just it's, it's the most, it was one of the, it's the hardest thing you'll ever do. Right. And you will do it. And that's just incredible. Yeah. It, it's, it's just a, it should be an Olympic sport. Right. But there's <laughs> there, but there, there needs to be so much more grace and space yes. given to the mom. Being supporting. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Because it's, that's like the major thing that we don't hear about being talked about is like, it's okay if your new personality doesn't match what your expectations were and it doesn't match what happened the first time or the third time or the fifth time or whatever, mm-hmm. it's okay that it's going to be totally different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, in motherhood just brings this whole other shift of like this whole other, not like persona. I can't think of the right words, but just like, this whole other like category that you're now within and you're embodying the mother and you're doing the mothering and these things that even if you've mothered, like I mothered as a nanny a ton growing up, but like you said, it's different when it's, when they're your kids is different. And the way other people are viewing you is also different once you become a mom. And sometimes people around us can have like opinions about the ways, like the ways that I chose to do things like my family, immediate family was not comfortable with, they were not comfortable with home birth. They were not comfortable with co-sleeping. They were not comfortable with, um, you know, breastfeeding at certain ages. And, mm-hmm. um, but I also, Rachel, the way you spoke about sort of when you entered motherhood, it almost, it sounded like it kind of brought, a. um, think they confidence is the word that you used where it but it creates sort of or for me it did too and it sounded like maybe it was for you as well like this sort of distinction or separation from like the way my parents did it to the way that I'm choosing to do it and even though it was somewhat uncomfortable because not everyone supported it it was still a choice I felt like I had to make and as I continued to make those choices I felt more confident and strong in making more certain in my choices as I moved through them especially as those choices played out, like yeah. as my children have thrived, as I have thrived, I'm like, Oh, 
this great because it, it like supports that the next time I make that decision and it's going to look weird, I can back that up. Mm-hmm. I've been, and, and like, it's not. And more research is coming out. Right. And, too, and no. you, you're always free to change your mind. You yes. like, and you can change to any direction, mm-hmm. but the nice thing is, is that it, it becomes no longer surprising yeah. to yourself that mm-hmm. you're going to choose a different path. And so, and then when it is uncomfortable for other people or for yourself because of that rub between you guys, mm-hmm. it, it becomes, I don't know, like it becomes less itchy, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Like you're just like, eh, I've done it before. I'm going to do it again. And like at some point they will have to deal with their own itchiness or uncomfortableness with your, with your decisions because and that's the, the beauty is you get to make your family yeah, mm-hmm. based on your family needs, not based on how people view your family. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I grew up super in like into people pleasing and I did a lot of serving professions. I'm even nursing as a serving profession where you're yes. serving others. And I was a nanny and like, um, you know, personal assistant and did things like that for people. And so it was always like doing what the other person wants and trying to meet their needs. And, um, I had a hard time sort of finding my voice, which I've only sort of in the last maybe five years started to be able to like speak openly publicly, like even to family members, like, um, and for me, it was just, it has really like, I'm, I turned 40 this year. It's been like such a journey to, um, sort of to embrace like people for a long time have called me like outside the box or, you know, mm-hmm. saying that I'm doing things differently or where like I did like intuitive toileting with my kids, like, you know, things that other people are like, I've never even heard of that. And I'm like, well, yeah, but like people have been doing it for millennia just because mm-hmm. we haven't heard of it. Um, but I have gotten more comfortable in being that person outside of the box that I wasn't comfortable with even a couple of years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's really how birth and motherhood, it, I mean, it just like pushes you. Mm-hmm. We joke all the time. Like we don't remember interviewing for this job and not sure we would have taken it if we had yeah. been given all of this, like, here's what's going to happen. And you want the job? No, thanks. <laughs> we're okay. But, but once you give birth, you, that's what you signed up for. Mm-hmm. And so no matter the, the, the way that plays out, no matter the view of it, you still are in it mm-hmm. and you don't get to clock out mm-hmm. and go home and go to a different family. It's, it's you 24 seven getting to deal with other people 24 yeah. seven. Yeah. Whether yeah. you like it or not. <laughs> yes. And I love being able to have community and talk with other women and know how other women are doing it and knowing like, I just, there's no like right or wrong too. Cause women will ask me like, should I do this? Or what did you do? And I, you know, I'm always, I'll tell, share what I did, but also say, it doesn't mean that's, what's going to feel good and right to you. Like you have to check in with yourself and feel if that yeah. is good for you in this moment or not. And, you know, just cause this provider was the right one for me, doesn't mean it's going to be the right one for you. Right. right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think should is a really powerful word because it's like, should this happen? Well, that's up to you. Mm -hmm. Like, do you want to choose it to happen? Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. 
it's it you i mean i can give my opinion all day long and doesn't mean that you have to take my advice mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. you, you get to have the choice yeah mm -hmm. and then you know like you said there are things that happen that we don't have control over yes in our mm -hmm. lives and birth and yeah i mean your pregnancies were so very different than mine mm -hmm. but amanda's also a crossfitter and so some of the physical symptoms of what was happening during and after pregnancy were shocking mm -hmm. because Amanda was like very fit and very healthy. And then you're just like shocked at stuff that's coming out. Yeah. You're like, wait, what? Yeah. Yeah. I gained 80 pounds with David. Yeah. While I was pregnant and had gestational and diabetes and like borderline, borderline and, and but yet was I was sick so, the whole time. Yeah. But I was so healthy and working out and yeah. So it, yeah, it, that definitely blew my expectation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Normal can be such a big. Yes. Spectrum. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. I still, I, I like to recommend books to people when they're pregnant, just to give them like a framework, but yeah. I also want to be like grain of salt, like, <laughs> you know, don't, don't assume that just because the book says it's going to go this way, doesn't mean it will go that way for you. Yeah. And that doesn't mean you're doing it wrong. Right. Right. Like that mom guilt starts even before you have the mm -hmm. baby. Yeah. Yes. Have you heard of the perfect mother myth? No. I feel that. <laughs> yes, exactly. Okay. You just, okay. There's this motherhood study sociologist and I listened to her podcast. It's called the good enough mother and mm -hmm. Sophie Brock. And she speaks about like the perfect mother myth and how, when she introduces it to people, like the concept she could talk, you know, she has a whole episodes on it, but just that even when she introduces it, even if you've never heard the phrase, you feel and know what that is within you, even if you don't yeah. like know what it is. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, because we feel that as mothers, like trying yeah. to be perfect and thinking that someone else is doing it perfectly. And the truth is we're all good enough. Yeah. 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 We, uh, we definitely talk about comparison. Like comparison mm -hmm. is the thief of joy mm -hmm. and it's the, but it can be the thief of time mm -hmm. of if you're spending all that time comparing yourself and comparing your birth or your motherhood journey to somebody else's, you're missing out on the time that could be created with your own kids and with your own life and, and, and enjoying those moments. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, I know our time is coming to a close. Is there anything else um, you'd like to share? I don't think so. Yeah. I, well, I, I think share share your there. website and your podcast yeah, yeah. and share all the, where people can find you. This whole conversation is why we even decided to start the podcast because we talk about this stuff off mic all the time. And so being able to talk about it on mic is it's very healing. Yeah. Very healing for both of us. And just very encouraging to get to share stories in a, in a safe and encouraging space. Mm -hmm. So thank you for having us yeah, on. Thank you so much. Yeah. We, um, our website is spokanebirthresources.com and we have a, our podcast is called Spokane Birth Integrity um, because integrity means a whole picture of it. And we think that pregnancy, birth and postpartum and pediatrics is the whole package mm -hmm. and it shouldn't be parceled out. Um, 
And then we have a blog and that's just called the Spur Spokane Birth Resources blog. Um, and on social and, media. Yes, and on social media, we're at um, Instagram and, and Facebook is at Spokane Birth Resources. Um, on Twitter, it's at Spokane Birth. Um, there isn't many, there isn't much happening on Twitter. So you're more likely to find us on Instagram or through Facebook. Mm -hmm. And um, if you, if people who are listening ever have any questions, they can always reach out to us. Mm -hmm. um, our, we, yeah. On our, our email is yeah. contact at spokanebirthresources.com. So and any we, question they have. They and can. we answer even, yeah. and we answer honestly of saying, Hey, we don't have that answer, but we'll be happy to go and ask some of our contacts and get right back to you. Mm -hmm. um, just so that way they know, like they're dealing with human beings. We're real people behind the scenes, finding information and really helping to try and build bridges in this community to um because there is a fantastic load of resources in the in northwest that a lot of just don't know about mm -hmm. so cool well um thank you thank you all for tuning in today if you love the podcast i would be so grateful if you choose to subscribe rate review or share the show if you feel aligned with me and feel called to dive deeper together, move through grief or a traumatic birth experience, prepare for a home birth or free birth, I offer virtual and in-person sistership support to women locally and virtually all over the world. To learn more or book your free clarity call with me, go to my website, www.birthingnova.love. Be brave, be bold, be love, be you.